I'm flipping out. Well, we're all flipping out. Today on... Are we doing this? Yeah. like a mute pulse button when he makes the mouth noises <laughs> i'm slamming it right it's now called, it's called speaking okay fuck you <laughs> M- mouth noises equals talking <laughs> welcome to the press be to cancel this episode we're going to talk about some ninja gaiden on the nintendo entertainment system but not alone of course i'm joined by my three good friends pulse how are you doing today i am splendid Thank you for taking the bribe and calling me your friend. No problem. GP, I'm also expecting a check. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. I thought you said PayPal worked. Well, you know, with the crackdown on OnlyFans, we had to move away from PayPal. <laughs> and the sack of gold arrived this morning. Wolf, how you doing? I cannot comment currently. I, too, have tax issues. It's DLC. Deals. Microtransactions. <laughs> to unlock the rest of Werewolf, four ninety nine. <laughs> exactly. Per minute. I'm going to tell that to my wife next time. <laughs> I don't think that'll go over well. Wait, you're married? Fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> what if I made that joke with my wife? Yeah, sure, we have two kids. To unlock the third. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, I, I used to say stuff like that to to my wife when we were dating. She would ask me to do something, and I'm like, oh, you're thinking of the fiancé package. <laughs> and then, of course, when we got engaged, I'm like, actually, that's that's husband-level membership, uh, so it's going to take some time. And now we're married, and I have to do fucking everything. No more excuses. Nope. Yeah. If you If you have a third kid, Jake, you can have the middle, like, whatever first name, fine, but... Afterwards, the middle names have to be Edna, Alice. Look, man, if I have a third kid, I won't be flipping out Ninja Gaiden as a ninja. I'll be flipping off the train tracks. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Finally, someone said it like I did growing up. (laughs) I thought I was, I always called it Ninja Gaiden. Apparently, it's Ninja Gaiden. Is it not? Is it Gaiden or Gaiden? It's Gaiden. It's Gaiden, but yeah, we said Gaiden, uh, Gaiden too. Yeah. Like, to the point that when I saw the movie The Wizard and they said Ninja Gaiden, I'm like, why would they get it wrong? Yeah, Fred Savage. <laughs> what's, what's the deal? All right. So we're talking this week about uh, Ninja, Gaiden, Gaiden, whatever you want to call it. I don't judge. Side it's story. Genie. Side story. Or tail. It also means tail. It's side, side tail, apparently, though. Like, it means something. I don't. Okay, Ninja side tail is a... A whole other brand of anime I don't think we should be listening to. Let's just classify the the Master System one as the side story. <laughs> okay. Or the TG-16 one. I don't know if you guys checked that video out. Make it sick. I did not. The, anyway, we're getting, off to- we're getting off topic in the first, like, five minutes. We're, we're not even on topic yet. <laughs> yeah, we hadn't, we hadn't been on topic to begin with. I think we're safe. That's true. A year of never being on topic. That's We're bringing that B game. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Two derailments before we're even on the track. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to flip out the tracks. I just flip off that train. It'll do the rest for me. All right. Ninja Gaiden on the Nintendo. So this actually started out as an arcade game back in 1988. But there's not much similarity between the two titles. Outside of there being obviously Ninja and you're in a modern day or present day time. The original arcade game was actually more of a beat-em-up. Uh, I believe the director took a lot of inspiration, or ripped off, your preference, of Double Dragon, <laughs> which was incredibly, incredibly popular at the time. And Tecmo, who created the arcade, um, you know, they had done other arcade games and brought them to the NES successfully. We all know about Rygar, uh, you know, how different that was from the arcade to the NES. So Tecmo kind of knew the arcades were a different space than home consoles. So they did want to release Ninja Gaiden on Nintendo, but they had to change it. So they had totally different director. At least I have that right. Uh, where's his name? Hideo Yoshiwazawa. I butchered that as I usually do. 
he served as director. And rather than take the beat em up Double Dragon style of the arcade game, he decided to kind of go more of the platforming route, taking some inspiration from Mario, made some few changes to the games. And it's the game that we know today is, for the, you know, three people who have not played Ninja Gaiden, it's you're a ninja, modern day, rippling muscles, got a sword, and you can flip him back and forth between buildings and kill enemies and generally getting knocked into pits by birds, which are assholes. But it's a, I find, incredibly fun platforming game, although notoriously difficult. So this came out in 1989 in North America. Also later on in Europe in, I want to say it was 91. It was delayed. And much as like Ninja Turtles, couldn't be called Ninja Turtles in the EU. It was called, you know, Hero Turtles. Over in Europe when uh, Ninja Gaiden came out, it was called Shadow Warrior, I believe is what it was called. Yeah. So kind of they changed things around a bit. Ninja was like... Might as well have been a racist, racial slur at the time for some Which reason. It's always odd to me because there's other ninja games too. And I don't know if they all got name changes over there. Like something like, what about Shinobi? I wonder if that even got a name change in Europe. No, because they didn't have like Ninja Shinobi in the titles. Shinobi was just thing. You can imply ninja, but you couldn't actually call yourself one. Yeah, you just couldn't say the word. Hmm. It's like pizza. It's what bad. letter does that word start with? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not approaching that one. Nope. Just cutting this out. Yep. S. Shinobi. Yeah. What's to start with? S. Shadow Warriors. You asshole. <laughs> Saved. All right. So Ninja Gaiden on the NES in '89, uh, critically acclaimed. One of Nintendo's best-selling games. I mean, it was from what I was reading up on the game. It was. Advertised a bit in Nintendo Power Magazine and through various places, but it sold really well regardless of the advertising. But a lot of fans snapped it up. But I kind of want to know from your guys' perspective, did you guys play it? Did you beat it? You know, How far did you get? Um, what's your experiences with Ninja Gaiden before I talk about me? Um, Paul, do you want to go first? Oh, man. It, like you said, it didn't have a lot of advertising or anything, but this is in the middle of the 80s, late 80s at that this is Ninja Prime. This is exactly the kind of stuff that people wanted in the 80s. So I think it just sold itself. I played it. Like being a ninja, the game is fecking hard. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's one of those games that, you know, I'd never beat. I, I probably got up to the last level and that was it. But even then, it was just. It, the journey itself was. It was kind of like Punch Out. I never beat Punch Out, but when I got to the last boss or last level or whatever like that, that was the satisfaction. That was enough satisfaction because the game was so hard. But I kept on going back mainly because of the music. The music was so good. Still is. Oh, yeah. The music was fantastic for the game. And it's actually it's interesting because there's a game that Wolf and I were talking about in an earlier episode, The Messenger. And it drew yep. a lot of influences from various games, but definitely... As a ninja and messenger, a lot of the gameplay felt like Ninja Gaiden. And it's interesting in that the composer, or one of the composers for the NES game, actually did a few bonus tracks for the messenger. Yeah, that's actually uh, Keiji Yamagishi. I don't know how to, if I had said right or not, but yeah. He used to bo- used to go by more Yamasan because they always had those code names when, back in the 80s. And Oh yeah, the aliases. Yeah, so... He was there, I actually watched a video <laughs> where KG and Hideo, the director, the story writer guy that you mentioned earlier, they were both playing The Messenger for the first time and checking it out. <laughs> so it was before KG actually made the uh, the bonus tracks for The Messenger, and they were both just like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> like, they were both into it. It's really cool. Actually, I have to watch that because to see them play the messenger would be quite a trip because I love the messenger. And, like, honestly, to be fair, I think it controls better than Ninja Gaiden. But I still like Ninja oh. Gaiden, too. <laughs> you don't think so? Hands down. <laughs> Hands down. Yeah. So we'll get to the controls in a bit. Well, uh, Wolf, what about you? What's your experiences with Ninja Gaiden? Okay, so I I played this a little growing up, but I never had it. Instead, I got the Lynx version at one point. It was given to me for Christmas one year. I didn't even realize it was on the links. It was apparently, I just learned this, 
in my memory uh, <laughs> about five minutes ago <laughs> that uh, it was a port of the arc. It was a port of the arcade game. So I probably had more experience with the arcade game growing up on the Lynx than I did with the NES version. And I think that's partly because when I played the NES version, to me, it was not fun. I just, it was too janky for me. And this was back then, it was too janky for me. So, like, what part was janky? The controls? Or I the... can't stand the timing on attacks. I can't stand the the wall climbing mechanics, any of it. It just, This game annoys me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people out there have very fond memories of this game, love this game. I will be a dissenting opinion on this one. I hate this game. You know what? No, that's I, I'm going to say right now, I can't go back to it. I have no interest in playing this damn game again. I'll watch people play <laughs> it, but the music, no, it, it's just too salt-inducing for me. And, like, I don't get salty at games anymore, but this one still would make me just, I can't say rage, but I would not be a pleasant partner. I would say the music in this game is probably the most solid part to me. And everything else makes me wonder why it sold so many copies, why it got sequels, why it has the staying power it does. Not only did it get sequels on the NES 2 and 3, but it even got a reboot not too long ago on the Xbox. Mm -hmm. And all of them are well-loved, I think, for the most part. So I have not played the modern games, but I played the original. I think I tried the reboot at at an EB Games or something years ago when it first came out. And I was like, this is neat, but I won't buy it. Yeah, the same thing. I I remember playing a demo of it too. Well, not even a demo, just the store setup. Yeah, it probably wasn't even a demo. It was probably just the game set up in the store to be right. played. Well, I mean, that's two against GP. What? How about you? Do you like Ninja Gaiden, or is this all hot garbage? There are few times in my life where I have been as blessed to be able to play Ninja Gaiden. This is a wonderful game, an absolute treasure, and uh, it is deserving of all of the sequels, all of your praise, and its uh, mechanics are flawless. The game is smooth, (laughs) vibrant, colorful. The music, as you said, was great. Tecmo, yet again, nailing it. I love Ninja Gaiden. It's uh, probably in my top 25 of all time. That took me three hours to write this afternoon. That's high praise. (laughs) I'm just in awe. No, it's a, it's a great game. It's it's fun. And, he, okay, I understand everybody's saying it's difficult. I'm not going to say it's an easy game. But it doesn't really get difficult until level 6-1. Everything right. prior yeah. to that is, is I would say, pretty standard difficult level for uh, for an NES game. It's, it's, it's not absurd, in my opinion. All of level 5 used to screw me up bad. So that's, that's the one... Game, one song in the game that I don't like is like 5-2 I think it is because it, I heard that so much and it's the one that everybody gets stuck on yeah I, I don't know I think there's there's hints of hey this is a, a difficult game but it's not until again I, I don't think it's till 6-1 where it's like ah oh, shit how am I supposed to do this but that that's just me now I also <clears throat> didn't beat this as a kid it wasn't until I was an adult that I was able to beat it um, but I, I grew up with I think just the first two cartridges, because I still have those. And it was one of those things where I was young enough when I first started playing them that I didn't really ever know which one I was playing. So when I went back and, and worked at it and, and beat it, I kept thinking, when do my, my my backup like Shadow Ninjas come and hang out? But of course, that's not a power-up you get till the second one. Right. So I, I played it as a kid, but I learned it as an adult. I, I don't use save states often, but the first time I beat it and learned it, I did use save states for the trickier parts. But, you know, I practiced a bunch. So I put the work into it, you know, and I, I beat it. And I, I could beat it again if I needed to, but I would not say that I, I could do it quickly, if that makes sense. I know what I have to do. I just, it still takes time to get it done. It is difficult, right? I, I think of it, the hardest part for me in the game is, depending on where you are on the screen, some enemies can infinitely respawn i'm mostly concerned with the birds and the stupid cats <laughs> that come at you and there's say. different flavors of them yeah what about that rocket dude that looks like he throws like a grenade or something down at an angle oh, oh the jetpack <laughs> guy that the the ninjas with jetpacks that 
throw shurikens down That's at a it. very slow rate. Yeah, yeah, on the cliffs, no less. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the hard part for me is that with the knockback. I think I've died more to knockback and get thrown to a pit by a bird or one of the Hammer Brother guys. And that's the most frustrating. And it's the same frustration I felt with the original Castlevania, which also has that shitty knockback. That's what makes it hard to me. I mean, if you look at the game, the bosses that are in the game are incredibly easy once you... It's not even a pattern. You just got to, like, duck and slash a bunch of times for most of them. Or if you abuse the power-ups, there's a spin slash, which murders half the bosses no problem anyway. I mean, when I first, when I first played as a kid... I didn't care for the game. I was terrible at it. I, I never got anywhere in it. As an adult, I played it a few times. I played it most recently when it first came out for um, Nintendo Switch's online virtual console thing. And playing retro games on the Switch is already bad. There's like a latency to it that drives me nuts. And I just couldn't get anywhere in it. Even the bosses. I just couldn't get through past the first boss. But then I started watching some speedruns. And then I got announced most recently for the Big 20, where it's the final game where you have to it. So I've been doing a little bit of research, watching speed runs, watching what Arcus has been doing with it. And I realized the bosses are so easy. The, the real challenge of the game is just making sure you get the right weapons at the right time and not fall into the goddamn pits. So I've been playing it for the last week or so. I have not beaten it. The farthest I get is 6-2 without throwing a controller. And it <laughs> took me it took me a lot of continues. I heard that death sound or that death music more times than I want. But it has infinite continues. <laughs> Right? So if there's infinite continues, I know I'm going to beat it. It just may take me a few more hours. What's what's that saying? If uh, like a thousand monkeys rode for a thousand days or something. Right. A broken Jake can beat a game twice as often or something. That's that's (laughs) what it goes, right? I mean, I just beat Kirby. So I'm invincible, basically. So Ninja Gaiden is fucking easy. (laughs) Oh, you're. Yeah, you got like at least another month to ride high off of that. I I can't make the jokes now for at least another like four point three weeks. I am the king of retro. One could say <laughs> I'm the face of retro. You can't take think, that from uh, the biz. Yeah, I think K Biz would have would take issue with that. Although knowing K Biz, he would he would be like, Yes, you can have the title and I'm sorry. And you'd be like, <laughs> Sorry for what? And he'd be like, I don't know. He's such a Happy birthday, K Biz. <laughs> Happy birthday, Biz. Happy birthday, Gabus. Happy birthday, Gabus. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, I mean, I never got very far. Well, I got far in the game, 6-2, as far as I got. Um, I had illusions of doing the Big 20, but, I mean, I'm putting so much work into just beating the one game. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. But I, I'm, it's growing on me. Uh, I like the music. I think the graphics are great. Actually, the artwork especially. Did you know? Because I, I did. I actually did research. The guy who did the artist, uh, the artist of this game, Masato Kato, he did the graphics, the artwork. I want to say he did some of the cutscenes. So he's the graphic guy. He later went on to get a job at Square, but not for art, but as writer and story writer. And he write, wrote most of the script for Chrono Trigger, which is like wow. such a weird career change. Interesting. Yeah. Because like I recognize his name from some Square stuff. Uh, I think even in Chrono Cross and a few of those games, he did. At the very least, he's doing storyboards and, and script writing. But I think he was the head guy in story for the SNES game, which is odd, but huh. neat. That's another thing. This game was actually one of the first ones ever to have cutscenes, like in between the levels when you get the story modes and stuff like that. That was one of the earliest incarnations of the cutscene for the story, which I thought was cool. Yeah, I want to say Tecmo made a, a special engine or package to do these. And it's like 20 minutes of cutscenes in a Nintendo game. Yeah. I'm right. You're right. It is the first, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so there was apparently this thing where there's so much text and stuff that the game cart couldn't handle it, or the software couldn't handle it, or hardware couldn't handle it or something. So that the text on the screen during the cutscenes was actually part of the image itself, so it's not actually a separate window or anything. They basically had to, I guess, draw the actual text in. As part of, like, the pixel art. Oh, so it wasn't, like, a font that they used in the game. They actually made an image of it. Interesting. Yeah. That would have been hell for localization. Yeah. Yeah, well, there. that's another thing I actually read about was that... There were a few typos. Yeah, yeah. They were, they were going back and forth a lot, too, because they basically took it and gave it to Nintendo of America and said, hey, this is what the story is, but that's not really going to translate well for 
first off, literally, it won't translate well. And second <laughs> off, like American speaking audiences won't really understand the way this is being told because it's not it's not like a North American tale. You know, it, it's a whole different culture, a whole different language, and so they had to basically Americanize it. Localization, as in the whole shebang, not just translation. So they basically went back and forth a bunch of times, and that's probably why the typos exist in there too, because it's that whole uh, going back and forth in Google Translate. It's kind of like... Well, the story in this one is kind of interesting as well. Does anybody know enough of it to give a two-minute rundown? I know it. Because <laughs> I, I kind of overdosed on it, but anybody else want to cover it? No. All on you. Because I kind of skipped this cutscenes. <laughs> <laughs> I read them and I still don't know what was happening. <laughs> so, long story short, you start off and there's two ninjas fighting. One of them dies. Turns out to be your father. It's kind of like a flashback. And you get a statue from a woman or, or from a guy or somebody. And next thing you know, you wake up and you're in a jail kind of cell. They let you out and you have to go find the other statue. Basically prevent the end of the world from a demon being released by, I guess, an evil sorcerer kind of deal. Well, it's neat because we know from talking about localization before, Nintendo was very picky when it came to religious references and whatnot. Right. But they didn't really censor Ninja Gaiden as far as I know. And yet the, the main bad guy is a freaking demon that gets summoned with these two statues. Yeah. And it's like the epitome of a demon, too, that you're thinking... Like 80s stuff. It, it looks like it. You're like, that's some kind of weird hell spawn. Like it's it's straight out of a combination of Contra and Castlevania. Like, really. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised the cross or crucifix is not in this game. Yeah, even the, like, the, so the final boss and the statues are, like, they just scream H.R. Geiger to me. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Very, very gothic uh, tones for a lot of the buildings and stuff, too, the the mountains in the background during the cutscenes, like there are, yeah, a lot of really, really cool uh, imagery. I found it, looking back at it especially, I was really scared of this game <laughs> in in some way. Like, not losing sleep at night, but there was this kind of feeling of dread when I'm coming up on a boss. Because it's like, I finally made it. I finally did this. And now it's all going to happen. And it's all, I'm going to die. <laughs> because the bosses were like, okay. I was just terrified because if the levels were this bad, the boss has got to be brutal. When we got there, if I made it, they had these smaller sections, so like 6-1, 6-2, 6-3. Every time I made one of those, it was just like this big conquer. It's like conquest. Boom. Got it. Thank you. Mic drop. The dividing of the stages, I think, was the only reason why I stuck with this game for the last few weeks. Because you're, you're right. When you get to another section of the level, they're not very long when you look at them. But when you get to it, it's an accomplishment, and I feel like, okay, I made it through this section. I can get through this. If it continues, if I die, I continue at this section. I don't have to start all the way back at the sort of, you know, 6-1 or 5-1. And that was a, a smart move to, to keep players engrossed, I think. What I was going to mention, too, about it is the sprites for these for these characters, like the bosses especially, they all were really ominous. They were just terrifying to me. I remember being paralyzed when I when I saw my brother playing, and, and you get up to Jackio, it's the last, well, one of the last bosses, and he's just this. I thought it was a dude, but he's kind of like this evil sorcerer that floats over your head, and he, the graphics is low enough fidelity you can't make stuff out, but at the same time, it kind of made me picture it in my mind, like if I saw this dude in real life, how terrifying it would have been, just like <laughs> paralyzed with fear. <laughs> Well, it's neat. If you look at um, TG, the TG-16, look at me using these short forms. TurboGrafx-16 had a port of Ninja Gaiden, and it's just like the NES one in terms of level design, I believe. But the graphics are kind of more colors, uh, more detailed. It looks terrible, though, right? It's like a, a hint too much cartooniness to all the sprites. Because you're right, the, the Nintendo one with the limited color palette and whatnot, it's just vague enough that it comes across almost gritty realistic, I guess, to when I look at right. it. But playing the TurboGrafx-16 version for a bit, it just looks off. I don't like it at all. Plus, it has really terrible scrolling backgrounds. Like, enough that it really queasy, which has been a while since I've played a game like that. I can I can see that, yeah. That parallax kind of thing. Yeah, I'm surprised two of you don't like it. I, I understand why. It's definitely 
the definition of NES hard. This is a difficult game. But for once, it's one I feel like I can actually beat. Um, unlike some of the later in the series, I'm not even going to touch Ninja Gaiden 3, because apparently that one doesn't have infinite continues, which is astounding to me. Like, wh- like what the hell? I like uh, one thing I really liked about it, though, looking back on it, especially watching people play it, because that's what I do more than playing games lately. Um, the art in that game, first off, the sprites are really cool, you know, in the game itself, but in the cutscenes, it had this anime meets Western cartoon. Like, it was this perfect fusion of both to me, and I just thought it was so cool. I'm on, and honestly, looking back, kind of leans heavily to the anime side but I, I didn't know what anime was back then so <laughs> yeah that is true that opening scene especially with the two ninjas in a field and then the music builds up and then they leap in the sky and they slash their swords and then classic japanese movie or anime style one of them keels over i thought was really great that's probably the the thing i remember the most from when i was a kid is my friend had this game and i, I saw that opening scene and it always got me and then I actually played the game and I couldn't get past, you know, the first boxing guy throws a punch at you because, like, this game gets trolly. <laughs> they're, they're either super easy or boom, 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 boom. You just keep getting hit over and over and over again. Yeah, it took me a while to learn how to deal with the birds, right? When the bird comes flying on the screen, like, oh, you jump over, you duck. Oh, it's, it's fine. It's gone. But no, no, no. If you don't move far no. enough, it loops back around <laughs> and it keeps going after you. And if you're near a pit and it spawns on screen, it will knock you in that pit if you're not careful. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's why they put them there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, it's, uh, it's a red herring, you know, the pit. It's just the pits. I'm pretty sure, actually, that Ninja Gaiden was the, uh, like the source of my very first F-bomb when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> was that intentional? Say what? Was that intentional, though? Oh, yeah, of course, but because th- I was saving it. I was saving myself for this. <laughs> the thing is, because I played them both, not really distinguishing. I don't know which one it was that made it happen, but uh, yeah, pretty sure. Pretty sure I got in trouble for muttering that under my breath, and then someone dimed me out to my parents. Nice. <laughs> the best part is that I thought you were about to say you were saving yourself from Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got fucked pretty hard. <laughs> but <laughs> but also I, I want to say this you know kind of talking about like the the doom and gloom feel of some of it like that dread that Pulse was talking about i i would liken that almost to some of the later fights in in punch out because it was that same feeling of like oh my god this is horrible but you know uh, the the sound effects not just the music but like the sound effects for Ninja Gaiden, um, especially during the boss fights, it almost sounds like a, a ripping through material whenever you slice the, the boss fights. I don't know if you guys ever heard this, but um, go back and when you play it, slice the bad guys, and they don't explode like the guys on the, the stage screen, but it's almost like this weird like weird noise. I don't really know how to explain it, but there's something about that that's even just like, that's not the noise that should make, and it makes it seem even creepier. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah I don't really know how to explain it, but it's it's a thing for me, and I remember that I you know just sound is such a big thing with this game, but yeah you know you hit all the guys in the stage and they make like a little firecracker explosion pop, and then you go to the big guy and you're like wow 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 ah oh, shit I got to hit him all these you know twenty pez or whatever his life is, and then of course there's a big explosion, and all the points go nuts after you kill him, but the first several hits there's that kind of feeling of this is just going to suck i never found the bad guys at the end to be as easy as you guys apparently did by the way oh really for the bosses okay well but i also didn't realize that you're supposed to use a spin slash yeah i i basically would take whatever secondary weapon i could just to get to the boss so i was like if i get to the boss i'm i'm just feeling blessed i'm like (laughs) oh yeah the game the gaming gods are smiling upon me today so when you're a kid though like if you're playing mario you're welcome uh (laughs) you know you go out your way to collect every fucking coin even though you don't need like coins aren't going to help you get to the end of the stage but you go back because you're a kid it's there you need to get so that's how i was with weapons if there's a little thing to to cut to slash to get the weapon i'm going to do that and so it was always kind of a crapshoot for me as to which weapon was there i never really paid attention well actually so speaking (laughs) on that the first stage you're in like a city streets and it's the, like the lamps or lanterns that drop the weapons. What 
asshole from Public Works Department put deadly ninja weapons inside the lanterns. <laughs> They'll never <laughs> check here. <laughs> but like in later levels, it's like fairies or spiders or something like that, or mosquitoes that you slash for the for the items. It makes no sense. I get it. It's a Dragon video game, flies. but such a bizarre Dragonflies. The dragonflies. Okay. There is one. Well, you everything you listed was there too, but the dragonflies stood out because I was like, "What the hell is that?" And I thought it was an enemy, and then it dropped something. I was like, "Oh, thank God!" But at least that made more sense because it was animated, and so you had the feeling of, "Oh, maybe I should slash at that." And yeah. how the hell is this dragonfly carrying, uh, you know, shurikens? But then again, they put chicken inside of Castlevania's walls, <laughs> so probably the descendants of whoever thought to put food. Whoever put lunch meat in the walls later went on to put ninja scrolls inside of uh, street lamps. <laughs> Look, man, if you if you have the skill to build a box around somebody's like freshly cooked rotisserie chicken, <laughs> and then someone finds it, God knows how many years later, and it's still edible to the point where it actually heals you. I'd be fucking proud to do that. I would. I would be like, this is this is what I will be famous for. Right. You can eat it now and be full, or you wait a millennia, and it will heal you. That's yeah. some ancient world alchemy right there. <laughs> yeah. It's the hero. Oh, yeah, we don't. We don't know how to make gold, but you should see what we can do with a rotisserie. Yeah, preserved jerky. <laughs> yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, game logic goes. I mean, this game is not the worst defender for sure. But there's some things they were doing with the lore, I guess you can call it that, with Ninja Gaiden. It takes place in present day, and they they tried leaning into that a bit. They originally wanted to... <laughs> so he's a ninja, obviously, has a sword. But they took the sleeves off his outfit to make him a little buff. And supposedly the idea was that he was wearing like a, a high-tech vest. And they designed his hat, or his hood, to be out a little bit. Because the idea was that he had a visor underneath it that's supposed to give him like computer readouts of data and stuff. Yeah, they tried to do that, but they couldn't fit it into the game, so... Yeah. So I, I don't know if that was in the reboot. I'm actually going to have to check that out, if that's something an idea they brought back. I haven't played it. Like I said, me and Werewolf had the same kind of experience, but I'm pretty sure they might have done something with that. At least they made it look like it, because his helmet... If, he has more of a helmet than a hood in the in the remake or yeah, reboot it, or whatever. It looks a little more sturdy than a hood would. Yeah. Like it looks like almost that there's some kind of weird, uh, like infrared goggles. Like you wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of weird tech behind that. If he slid it down over his face. Yeah, maybe a bit like uh, Batman's cowl or something. Yeah. Well, to me, and I'll, I'll post a picture of it here. But to me, it looks like um, like a dragoon sort of helmet. Yeah, I can see that. In Discord, I just see. Austin Powers, and that's not the same. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a little <laughs> yeah. That that wig is only a plus two defense. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying here. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the reboot definitely has a, a more of a, a helmet helmet style thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's definitely a tactical yeah. vest. I mean, you got to figure in the game. You have a you have how many pez before you die? So you're not you're getting shot with freaking fist sized bullets, <laughs> and you're not dead. <laughs> the yeah, only thing, the only like, way you die not... is when you fall off a building. So they're not even. Bullets, they're like rocket-propelled grenades or something that they just launch at you. Sometimes they're three, like, they got three in the tank that they're launching back-to-back. That's some interesting weaponry for sure. And the bullets do exactly the same amount of damage as a guy who punches you in a boxing glove. (laughs) I was about to say, yeah, you get hit hit by a a rocket-propelled grenade, and it goes, and if you get hit by a bird, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I've seen I've seen some planes that have gotten fucked up from some birds. True, so they, they can do some damage. But uh, what what kind of RPG is that rocket propelled grenade considered? That's not an ARPG, is it? Uh, <laughs> air air rockets, right. air rocket propelled. Shoot that through your shadow gate. Yeah. Oh, just point and click me in the right direction, baby. <laughs> it's a WRPG because they're weak. Oh. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I mean, just to, to, I guess, wrap it up a bit, Ninja Gaiden is a franchise. I don't want to touch on the games because, I, I mean, I don't think we any of us have played them, really. Um, but there's other media that came from from this, and I find kind of funny. Kind of funny. So back in the, I want to say it was 90s, 
Um, Nintendo tried branching out a bit more with their game properties, right? So franchises like Blaster Master, uh, I want to say Castlevania as well as Zelda and Ninja Gaiden got novelizations. They called it the Worlds of Power series of books. Yeah, so there was <laughs> Wizards and Warriors, Bionic Commando, Ninja Gaiden, Blaster Master, Castlevania. I don't know if there were any others. So it was like, I want to say it was through Scholastic. Yeah, which is hilarious because they had to censor the cover of the Ninja Gaiden one because <laughs> the cover of the game has, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this wrong, Ryu Harbusa's fist outstretched with a, a weapon in his hand. Like, I think it's a knife in his hand. And they airbrushed that out of the cover of the book. But he's just like giving a fist bump to the, the six-year-old who's <laughs> buying at the book fair at his local school. Okay, so I just found, I see 10 of them. So there was also Metal Gear. I'd be interested in that one just to see if it fits in with the rest of the lore of that series. There's a Before Shadowgate. Oh, really? Whoa. That'd be yeah. interesting. Infiltrator. I don't know that game. Interestingly enough, there's a Bases Loaded 2 second season book. <laughs> <laughs> and a Mega Man 2 book. What deep lore is in Bases Loaded 2 that they couldn't start with the first game? <laughs> to tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> and Mega Man 2. Actually, I want to read that one actually. <laughs> yeah, like I want to read I want to read Mega Man 2 and I want to read Metal Gear. That's where I'm at. I've read Blaster Master like Did a dozen really? times. <laughs> I have it. I like I bought it at the book fair as a kid. Read it that day. And I've probably read it a dozen times since. The last time was probably about 2 or 3 years ago. That's awesome. How long are these books? They can't be heavy <laughs> books. It, I want to say the Blaster Master book is like 90 pages, and it's not small print. Okay. It's it, And that's divided into like 18 chapters. So you're saying it's not as substantial as like Goosebumps? No. No, no, no. Well, then, uh, then I'm not interested, okay? I'm just thinking of now, like, there's not a lot of plot in Mega Man 2 or even Ninja Gaiden. And then you mentioned Metal Gear as getting one. Metal Gear has so much dialogue, if I'm not wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to know how much of that was actually inspired by the game and how much was made up or inspired further entries in the game. Because that's what happened with Blaster Master, is the story that they wrote for the book ended up getting adopted into future games. Is this the, um, is it In Creates that did the, the recent ones? Yes, that one, and I think we'll have to do an episode on Blaster Master if we haven't already. I don't think we did, but uh, no, we're gonna have to. Yeah, yeah. That the book actually wrote a whole bunch. So in the game, there's no mention of the character Eve or Alex. All you got is Jason, his frog, and the tank, and you know the final boss, right? Well, they wrote a whole bunch of story where there's interactions between all that, as well as you know. A, a sort of like little love story between Jason and Eve and then his friend Alex and all that. Well, a lot of that stuff ended up getting adopted into the actual canon storyline with Blaster Master 2 and Blaster Master blasting again when they made that $10 PS1 game. And then it ended up, some of it ends up getting adopted into later reboots. <laughs> and huh. so it's, it's funny how much that affected future games. So now I'm kind of curious, like, how much of these other books were adopted into these games' main storylines? Yeah, now I'm curious because the novels are written by a guy named Seth Godin. Uh, I think he did all of them, but I could be wrong. But usually when there's something that's kind of done in the for the North American audience of, of games, it's usually ignored, I find, it in Japan. So the fact that this lore became canon, I guess, and it was brought into later games is really interesting. Something tells me the... Novelization of Ninja Gaiden is <laughs> probably not canon. It sounded uh, so. I <laughs> you linked me this audiobook of this, and so, so we should say so. It's defunct games that did a couple chapters of it with some added sound effects. It got through four chapters, and that seems like all they did. And then another channel, and unfortunately, I don't know what the channel was but the uh, i'm sorry to whoever you are the audio quality was crap i mean the videos looked like they were pretty old so it was probably all done on like 
kind of a low caliber camera to begin with. Right. And so that was just the microphone that picked it up. But the audio quality was bad, but I could still understand him. And I got about halfway through chapter eight. And I think chapter eight is where it finally started approaching the storyline stuff of the game. All of that before that was a whole load of exposition for a story that never occurred in the game. So this is the kind of thing that had to happen in these books is, you know, NES games, the story is incidental. And I think we'll have to come back and do an episode on, you know, story evolution from then to now as well. But actually, now that you mention (laughs) it, I do have in front of me, I, I Googled it and I have the novelization of the Ninja Gaiden story. So if you will permit me uh, a, a reading from chapter 6 Ryu continues to climb to the second section he successfully traverses the first major jump while well, it says grappling I don't think they meant the word grappling uh, so we'll say avoiding the RPGs from the flying ninjas he approaches the second <laughs> major gap oh shit a bird he goes back to his ladder and it just says that about four, four or five different times over the next couple paragraphs. <laughs> well, I mean, it's game accurate. Yeah. I mean, you got to stay true to the source material, right? Well, the story yeah, right. in this book, like all this exposition was about his father and his companion in exploring this temple in the Amazon. Well, that's that's the basis of the game, though, because the guy in the Amazon is the one who has one of the statues, and the other one was Ryu's father. They actually touch on that in the game. They do, but what I'm saying is, like, there's this whole... They they really flesh that out. Multiple chapters. (laughs) Yeah, multiple chapters of of Ryu's father and his companion, Dr. Wimple. I don't remember a Dr. Wimple in the game, so I'm not sure who that... (laughs) If that character really remains all that pertinent to the story, but he... Like the sh- shit goes down in this book, where <laughs> so many letters. Ken, where I, I'm pretty sure Ryu's dad's name is Ken, right? No, <laughs> no, it can't be. I, they wouldn't do I that. I think that's what I think that's what they named him in the book. <laughs> Ryu I and think. Ken. Yeah, yeah. In in the game, in the North American version, it's it's Ken Hayabusa. Oh, so so yeah, so Ken and Wimple get separated. When they get attacked by some organization that they're not sure. And Wimple is the one who gets away with the statue. And he's like doing everything in his power to not get killed, not get uh, abducted, anything. And he's like scared for his life. He gets attacked by people at a hotel back in town. Like it's this whole huge mess. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this isn't even. This is the guy who was making fun of his friend who had a sword with him. Like, oh, you're not going to need that sword. <laughs> I'll show you. And wow. then the guy who was like, ah, you don't need a sword, is the one who ends up getting out and, you know, continually avoiding near-death experiences. I just can't imagine a plot where a guy named Wimple and his ninja dress companion are going to the Amazon <laughs> to find a statue. Well, hold on, though. Like... <laughs> As far as disappearing daddies go, that's the story you want to tell. Yeah, that's a whole lot better than saying, "Yeah, I'm going out for smokes." That's that's yeah, exactly what I that's what I was getting at. Smokes and milk, you know. <laughs> Long story short, I wish I had known that's what the plot was, so I could have just told the kids the Amazon story instead of what really happened. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, the whole Ken being the name of the dad explains something from Street Fighter. Which is a little-known fact that Hadouken translates roughly to "Why didn't you love me, Daddy?" <laughs> oh God! So there's that. So it's all coming together. It informed that. I wanted to mention this too while we were talking about the book. Is that you mentioned how he airbrushed it out because he has his katana behind him and he has like one of those was it kunai or whatever like the knife throwing knife kind of deal. I think so. He has yeah. in front of him. And you, ha- so they he still has the sword behind him, but they they cut out the, the the knife in his hand, so it looks like on the cover that he's just trying to give the reader a fist pump. Yeah, the bro fist. Yeah. yeah. So, I just now I really want to read this book. 
Yeah, actually, I'm going to check this out more. This is just insane how, how far they go with it. <laughs> I really want to read that bases loaded lore. <laughs> okay. Uh, the other thing we want to mention, too, is like one of my favorite things about classic retro games is the whole scene of ROM hacking. And, you know, I've, I've rave about a bunch of Mario hacks, but I didn't realize until recently that Ninja Gaiden also had a few ROM hacks. And one, I think, GP, you know more than I do, is fairly recent, and it's supposed to be really great if you want to talk about it. Oh, literally, all I know is uh, it's Deadpool instead of Ryu Hayabusa. It's Deadpool. And I think he's not looking for Ken. He might be looking for Francis. I don't know. I haven't played it. But yeah, it's a ROM hack of Ninja Gaiden. So uh, I, I don't know if the stage layouts are identical. They look very similar from what I've seen of the screenshots. But yeah, you can play as Deadpool. And you go around, you still collect, you know, different weapons and stuff. <laughs> but if you don't, I think if you don't get hit every 10 seconds, your life will replenish because that speaks to what Deadpool can do. But uh, yeah, somebody translated the the um, the sprites and stuff and and. Gave him a different color palette. And now it's a it's a whole Deadpool ROM hack, and I have to play it. Yeah, it's it's on my list now to go through. Um, it actually got a limited physical release as well. It it generated a lot of PR. I don't know if it's officially tied to the movies or or what, but I know I saw the Facebook page that makes it official, right? <laughs> but uh, the dude who made it's active on Twitter, and I didn't realize it was a ROM hack. I thought it was like a indie demake style game i didn't realize it was actually a rom hack in ninja gaiden uh and it looks spot on but the graphics are all different i mean obviously it's the same style it's a rom hack but yeah it, it looks wild that this is something this much production and value is put into a rom hack i, I definitely gotta play it it even has the song from that first movie that meme song that's great uh, the, uh careless whisper i think so i, love I don't, I, I don't <laughs> know <laughs> wham <laughs> Oh, yeah, it looks like, at the very least, they did recolors of tile maps and stuff. Right. Well, like, they changed the boss rooms and stuff, too. The first boss room, instead of being, like, a, a plain room with the guy, I want to say there's spikes on the side of the, the chamber. So they definitely changed it up. Well, what I mean is, like, they they went far enough to make sure everything was different, including, you know, instead of just reusing the tile maps in some places, they at least recolored them. Right, yeah. No, as ROM hacks go, this is a pretty solid one. I mean, I got to look more into this. I, I just floored. It. I thought it was an actual separate game. I did not realize it was a ROM hack. To see a ROM hack get that much press over the last year and to get a physical release even is just amazing. Also, hmm. last thing I want to make sure I say is the the boss music whenever in Ninja Gaiden. I'm sorry, I'm switching gears again. Uh, but whenever I'm like tying my shoes or doing something that I really have to focus hard on, um, I always have the boss music playing in my head, and it's been that way for <laughs> at least a decade now. But no joke, it's like <laughs> if I were ever in a high pressure situation like red wire, green wire, and you could hear what my mind was doing. That's exactly right. And it's I thought so many times about doing like a drum cover for that song, just you know. For funsies, but uh, yeah, that, that song at least once a day uh, when I tell my shoes is in my head. If there was a song wow. that would be stuck in your head, GP, I, I could swear it would have been the, the Contra song when you go over the head view when you're in the fortresses. Do, 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 do. Oh, yeah, that's my that's my uh, pooping song. That's not my shoe tie in uh, song. Okay. <laughs> Different set of focus. That's that's his shit gets real song. <laughs> that's his shit. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I were not so, like, inept at recreating tones so that I could just properly tell you guys what my day is like with video game music. You know, like, if I were to say, every time I pull my shoes out before I start to uh, tie them, it's that, it's the music right before the stage starts. Wish I got that spread gun. I'm all cramped. Oh, my God. <laughs> We already had that episode where we were talking about sound, and by the end of it, we're all just trying to be that guy from Police Academy. Right. Uh, Michael <laughs> we we'll have a Tap B episode of just us doing that. <laughs> just What's this one? Uh, uh, maybe Mario? <laughs> oh my god, should we do Name That Tune, but we have to, like, hum it? Yes. <laughs> I'd so lose at that. <laughs> that's, that's the challenge. You might, you might win. For our, for our Patreon, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, well, I think that's a good episode. We'll wrap it up. Wolf, where can folks find you? Currently just here in Twitter, where I've been sharing uh, <laughs> incidents of strange things my child says. Yeah, your child's going to be a YouTube star or whatever <laughs> YouTube is in the future. Hopefully not TikTok. Keep That's TikTok. what he wants to do, and we're like, please pick please something no. more reliable, but that's what he wants <laughs> yeah. to do, so... I say this while, you know, doing this with you guys and before this whole debacle happened, I was streaming. So, <laughs> like, dude, do something more real. <laughs> uh, and Pulsh, how about yourself? Uh, same thing, man. I, I used to stream before this whole debacle. I've streamed since a couple of times since the debacle, but yeah. You'd mostly find me here, but if you want to check me out on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash Pulse109, P-A-L-S-H-109. I know how to spell it this time. GP, help me out here. You stream, right? <laughs> One of us has to. <laughs> I, I am the debacle. <laughs> um, which, by the way, have you guys seen that new Cardi B music video? They still make music videos? One of the, one of the lines is yes. macaroni in a pot. Yes. And I'm sure there's a sexual connotation to it, but I don't know what that is. And there's a bit of a debate going on between my wife and I. So uh, if anybody <laughs> if anybody out there listens, uh, or you know, to Cardi B, obviously you listen to us. Everybody does. Uh, but if you listen to Cardi B and you know what the macaroni and the pot references, hit me up. Just let me know. And you can well, hit I mean... me up at uh, Twitch.tv/slash/theretrotherapy, <laughs> or you can find me here, of course, uh, or on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I will say, if that's macaroni and cheese in the pot, then don't stick your hot dog in there. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's nasty. The whole song, we can't get into it, but it's 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 all <laughs> sexual in nature, and uh, at some point they're that's just putting it mildly. Well, I feel like they ran out of things to say, so somebody's like, "Macaroni in a pot," and they're like, "Oh yeah, that shit's fire, do it." So I'm like, "All right, I don't get it." <laughs> And yeah, I'm Sick Jake. You can find me on Twitter, sometimes on Twitch. Most recently, I've been doing stuff on YouTube and bringing to Press B to cancel. We are on YouTube as well now. I'm slowly adding the back of videos up there and trying to keep the weekly episodes on there as well. So if you prefer to watch on YouTube, then hey, in this working from home world for a lot of people, we're there. Or, you know, listen to us on however you listen to us now, I guess, because you're listening to the audio <laughs> podcast. I'm giving you a thumbs up, which you can't see. This is uh, me too. <laughs> Brofist is all around. Brofist, this is. <laughs> yeah. To the macaroni in the pot. Oh my God. Thanks, you, everybody. Special thanks for music go to Arthur the Ancient, found on SoundCloud, or The Last Ancient on YouTube. For more episodes, please visit our website, pressbdecancel.com. As well, feel free to like or subscribe at Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you like to listen to your favorite shows. As always, thank you. This has been... Press B to cancel.